Welcome to the Divine Purpose Podcast, where we transport you along one of the more dynamic journeys of life. Have you ever been curious to know what it takes to become a successful leader? Or about knowing the secrets of life through the Bible? How about engaging in conversation where no topics are off limits? We will take you to new levels with guests who can help you grasp the importance of your calling. Now, here's your host, Eddie Dacius, founder of Dacius Facilities Management. Hey, everybody, this is Eddie Dacius. We have our eighth episode today. This episode is brought to you by Dacius Facilities Management. Dacius Facilities Management, they will manage your property with a variety of services, such as cleaning, maintenance, and project management. Call them now at 617-237-0106 or go online at daciusfm.com. So we have a great guest for you today. She is a physical therapist. Her name is Samina Estev. Samina Estev, how are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Eddie. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. And so the way you probably know now, know that now. So the way we like to sh- like um, start the show is to try to know who, who you are. Can you tell us more about you? Um, okay. Well, I was born in Haiti and um, I moved to America when I was about four years old with my mother. Um, the reason why we moved was uh, my father passed away and my mother found it difficult to be in Haiti. So me and my brother and my mom moved to Maryland, Silver Spring, Maryland, where we were raised in Silver Spring, Maryland, did our schooling in high school and further studies. Um, after my mom passed away, she passed away when she was young. Uh, it was just me and my brother, and currently it still is me and my brother. Uh, we both decided to pursue our careers, and I decided to continue and do physical therapy, which is what I am now. And I I stayed in Maryland. I love Maryland. <laughs> I currently live in Rockville, Maryland, which is not so far from Silver Spring. But I li- I work in Super Spring, Kensington, so I'm such a homebody. I stay close to where I was raised. Wow, is there a reason why? Is it because you like uh, Maryland? I, I I just hear you say you like Maryland, but I do. Small. <laughs> I mean, I love Maryland. I went to University of Maryland for undergrad, and then for graduate school, I went to Hampton University, which is in Virginia, which is near Virginia Beach, and. Um, I didn't realize that Maryland was spoiling me until I went to another state and lived there for three years. It was being by the water, being by just everything it just seemed so difficult in Virginia. Okay. And I think like I was just so like, I don't want to be there. I want to be in Maryland. Now I'm scared to try other states. So <laughs> I'll wow. visit other states, but I don't think I could live there. I think I need like a a huge change or shift that would push me to move there. But so what's, uh, so I mean, I, what's so special about Maryland? Um, I think I like the conveniency. There's this like in Maryland, like you have a lot of variety where you have, you can have the rural, you can have the city, you can have, you have a lot of access to everything. And there's a lot more young people. Um, it's not necessary to have a car. And when I was in graduate school, I didn't have a car but it was absolutely necessary 
Um, and I had to find a way to get, you know, first I was walking to PT school, but then I had, after the second year, I had to, you know, get a vehicle and stuff. And it was just, I don't like things that are, you have to drive a lot to get to places. And I feel okay. like, um, that's what Virginia is. <laughs> and like, maybe what? that's just because, yeah, that's maybe that was just because I was in Hampton and whatnot. And it, I don't, I didn't. I don't think I found a lot of diversity where I was at, but that might have just been because, I, you know, obviously I was in school, so I wasn't out here searching. But I just find that Maryland, you just you're just able to. There's just a lot more culture in Maryland. Okay. Because we're close to DC, so like you can get that DC life without being in the DC craziness, but also the peaceful side. Like where I live now is very peaceful. And I like having my peace, and I also like being able to access the crazy. So I love, I just love that. So, so on your free time, what do you do in Maryland? Do you stay um, home or do you go out? Well, before COVID. Okay, yeah. <laughs> before COVID, I, I love museums. I love going to DC for museums. That's my like thing. And um, shopping, of course. And I just like to do a lot of exhibitions. Um, and now, actually, since COVID, because you just you're just so bored at the house, and I'm I'm obviously always working, and I feel like I need to release. But I've just been trying to do more activities like hiking. Um, I did kayaking um, and like you know museums. <laughs> I, I think I can say museums nonstop because that's my favorite thing to do, and just sightseeing, um, eating. I love to see different. Um, restaurants and how you know they just have different ways of making food so no makes sense makes sense and i think when you when you spend time at museum there's a lot of like um history you can learn if you like to read or you like art that's probably the mm -hmm. place that's right no definitely so can we let's go to your high school so can you take us there what was your journey um i mean i went to a pretty good high school i think i lived I lived in Montgomery County, and Montgomery County is one of the best counties um, in Maryland for education. So I feel like my training really prepared me for um, college, both undergrad and graduate. I went to Bethesda Chevy Chase High School, uh, which is obviously in Bethesda, and that's where a lot of like affluent citizens live. I lived in Silver Spring, but Bethesda is it's a pretty affluent um, city. And it has a lot of important people um, pass through it. Like I know, like when the Obamas have passed through it, people are like are aware of that. And like you know, a lot of senators live there. Um, senators' kids go to that school. So I mean, it's pretty rigorous. And I think being in that kind of you know well organized education system just allowed me to, to step forward. My education. So, um, do you were you in high school being like a? I don't know if you play any sports. Were you involved <laughs> in sport at all? No, I wasn't. I was boring um, in high school. I was focused on trying right. to get good grades because of my culture of Caribbean. Deep on this, I know because I know Haitian. They don't play. They don't play Haitian. They don't play. Okay, so can you take us? Give us more I mean, so they can understand. So, I mean, it's just very strict. Education is considered life. 
for Haitians and for Caribbean um, uh, household. You need to do well in school. If a B doesn't cut it, a C, don't even talk about C. I remember getting my first C in high school and I cried. I was crying profusely like somebody had hit me um, because I was just in a background where I need to do well, 3.5 and above, and that's it. If you don't do it, like, what are you in school for? Why are you even, you know, going there if you're not getting to get good grades? And that was just stuck in my mind. So that kind of limited my social life because it was like, if you you were to hang out with friends, it would limit your focus or it would just be a distraction. It's considered a distraction. So I didn't do sports, not that I really wanted to. I wasn't yearning to be a soccer player or anything, although I do okay. enjoy watching it. Um, but I did I did yearn to hang out with my friends. Um, and I think in high school, like through ninth grade, through 11th grade, it was just school, school, school. Like I wasn't doing anything. I mean, I did make friends, but I wasn't hanging out with them because I would go straight home after school. It would be school, home, and then the church on the Saturdays. <laughs> so um, then um, in the 11th or 12th, there's a 12th grade where in 11th grade, that's when you figure out you're going into schools so, or like, or 12th grade, you're figuring out that like, oh, okay, you're, you've made your GPA. I think that's when my mom decided to be more, you know, ease up to be like, oh, okay, she's got her A's. You know, I did only end up getting that one C. After crying, I never got another C. <laughs> My whole career of high school, I did pretty well um, because of that. But I do want to say that I, that did keep me really sheltered and keep me like uh, not aware of just like regular things that people should know at, at a high school age. You know, just hanging out with friends, knowing you know basic I don't know social skills like guess because I was so into school I was I I yearned to be a nerd and I, I always wanted to be a nerd honestly um but that yeah then once my, in, my, my question is what what was your motivation to do well at school was it your parents or was it your personal goal no it was my mom she was in my ear I'm kidding me she was <laughs> in my ear every morning telling me you need to do well you need to do well and I think you know living being in a single um, single parent household, it's like she can only rely on you doing well. Um, it's not so. It's like you don't have the luxury of other students because many of the students have two parent households. They have the ability to watch over you and pick you up from school if you wanted to do an after school activity. But my mom was working full time, two kids, so it's like you need to just you don't want to be a stressor. I didn't want to be a stressor to my mom, so I did try to do well, which is what I did um and i mean that was mainly it because i really wanted to try to not be a a burden and i mean i wanted to do well for myself but it wasn't the same as trying to make sure my mom wasn't yelling at me and so yeah i think yeah now thank you for sharing this but um let's let's take it to another level where college now so you finish high school with good grades so what was your choice for college? Um, so in college, um, I went to the University of Maryland, which is close to home. So the biggest thing about why I chose the University of Maryland was because of money. So I ended up I ended up getting a full ride to University of Maryland. And so that 
was the reason I kind of went. <laughs> and um, I stayed on campus, which um, also was free, but it allowed me to have, you know, some time here. And my mom ended up getting sick. It was really difficult. I definitely ended up I didn't get C's. I did get, like, straight Bs. And it was just... It was just a tough time. The thing is, it wasn't like sudden. It was a sickness we we all um, knew about and we were praying about to get healed. But you know, cancer doesn't doesn't show mercy sometimes. Okay. And so that was just something that you know really affected me during school. But I just it also pushed me because I just. I wanted to continue to make her proud and oh. make sure that I finished school. Because first of all, like if I were to go out, drop out or take a semester off, I wouldn't go back. Like, I okay. like my thing is you go in and you do it. And that's, yeah. that's the reason why even after college, like I just kept going to go into graduate because many times people take a year off and that's great. And that's into everyone's decision-making. But for me personally, like, I need to just keep going and finish it and then figure out what I want to, how I want to play it from there. But the college after that difficult time, it was, it was, it was tough, like, but it was tough because it just requires studying, not because like, I felt like I couldn't study, not because I felt like I couldn't, I didn't know what to do. I knew I had to study. I knew if I, something was hard to study. I know how to ask the teacher for help. I was very assertive in that. Um, many times students just let themselves struggle and I don't, I hate to struggle. I don't like to struggle. Um, I like to make sure I seek out resources and that's what I did. When every time I had trouble, seeked out resources and how found a way to um, resolve it. Um, during Maryland, what did I do? I did a lot of volunteer work because that was required to get into PT school. So I volunteered in the hospital. I um, volunteer. I did tutoring um, junior, end of junior year for the football and athletes. Um, and I did, I did ambassador for the School of Health for two years. Um, so I kept myself pretty active within the school and um, still kept my grades up and then eventually began my process to find PT school. Okay. Uh, so, and then that. Go ahead. Yeah. So my question would be now. So any advice for, or can you advise any student to stay focused while they're in college? Is it? Did you? Can you manage party, or you have to be focused all the time? Uh, or any <laughs> advice for them? Um, I think, like I said, I went to a pretty good high school, and work ethic was something really ingrained in me um you have to know yourself but it's so hard because in college you're learning about yourself too but if you're trying to reach a a high gpa average your first year is going to tell you a lot it's going to tell you how your other years are going to go because if you don't take a handle of how your first year go then it will you will really struggle so you want to be focused the first year you're meeting a lot of friends and it's important to meet those friends i don't want to i don't think it's important i don't think it's good to be like oh i'm gonna go in there and just do my books and go home like no you need to make friends and know what these friends are for i categorize these friends so i know some people don't do that but it's important to know why your friends are 
you have friends that will help be able to be your study partner. And there's friends that they cannot be your study partner because they keep you distracted. And you have to be aware of that because if they're going to distract you while you're studying, you are not going to do well for that exam the next day. Um, if you're able to stay focused with friends, um, that's great. If you have friends that are just for social events, you should do that. But manage your time. It's awesome. I think it's a learning curve for it. You are going to um, learn it as you go, but be aware of it because you have to know that your grades matter, but it also depends on like, if you're trying to do physical therapy, your grades will consistently matter. Okay. So it's not like you, if you do bad in biology semester one, like, and when I say bad, you're getting a C. Now that's bad. C's get degrees. Let's not think about that. Let's just always aim for an A <laughs> because it's physical therapy school is highly competitive. Many it's it's more competitive than uh, med schools because it's so small of a class and um, you don't want to risk your chances. And people, even people that do 4.0s or get 4.0s don't even get into PT school because it's just so competitive. So you want to be, you want to be a well-rounded student is the number one thing. But your first year, you need to be focusing on getting those good grades. You need to be focusing on um, getting your worth ethic. Not even the, the good grades part, but knowing knowing the system. I'm like, okay, how do I study? Is it by writing those notes down? Is it by making an outline? Is it by reaching it out? Like, am I, do I have a system of how to study? Because if you don't have that down, it's, it's going to, it's gonna show and it's gonna it's gonna hurt you yeah i'm gonna have you take a moment to go deeper we like to go deeper on on the topic so you said college when you were in college that's an, an opportunity to learn yourself so what did you learn about yourself in college um i learned that i'm a visual learner I learned that I have to write things down by hand. Um, many times in- Yeah, go ahead. Uh, um, how did I learn that? How did I know that? Yeah. Um, because in college, um, everything is through PowerPoint. Everything is on the screen. They're like, okay, pull it up on your computer. And I tried that. I brought my laptop, I was, I was typing and I would come back to it and I, I'd, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what I just learned. I have no idea. I don't know why. Like I was in the class and I, would, I just didn't understand why I'm looking at the teacher, I'm listening to you, but it just, it just, it, it doesn't click. Um, and then I was like, you know what, maybe it's because I'm on a computer. I want, I get distracted by going on Facebook. I don't know. So I decided to print the PowerPoints and take notes on the PowerPoints with my hand. And then after wow. I was like, you know what, that helps me. And then after I handwritten it, I would type it on the computer. And that what? would be my system. It was a very lengthy, yeah. It was a very wow. lengthy process. But every time you, you write, every time you have to, you, yeah, it works. Um, and that helps me realize, and it also helped me realize that if I was, if I wrote it, wrote it down and typed it, I was like, I don't understand what I'm typing. So then I was able to, go back and investigate why I wrote something down because I'm, you know, constantly reviewing what's going on in the class constantly, you know, do it. But when I only look at the computer, all I'm doing is staring at it. I'm not like 
it's it's just not my learning style. I have to write it down, tactile, kinesthetic learning. Kinesthetic learning is not the learning style. But I realize I have to always print it out for me to learn and make outlines. Anytime there was an exam, I would type up, you know, a study guide and help me do that. And that works. I mean, and it, obviously, if something was difficult, it's just difficult. <laughs> but um, I always, I, you, I was never shy about going to the teachers. Like, I need, I need help. So I definitely chemistry was one. I went to their office hours. Um, physics, physics, I took over the summer, which was really, really hard. Um, but they use their office hours. I think they appreciate that. You know, I think teachers appreciate it when you come to them. Um, or I've been really lucky to have teachers that have been really helpful for me. And that's also a good way to, you know, have people write you recommendations if you are able to be very communicative with your teachers. Especially like, I don't think of recommendations and only with teachers that I do straight A's in, but even classes that I struggled with and ended up still doing well, I think those are the best representations of my character. So I use those teachers too for getting into PT school. But learning your learning style is also something. <laughs> no, no, and I think that's that's good insight. Thank you for sharing. So now, all did uh, how long did it take you to realize that what you were doing in terms of going by the PowerPoint only didn't work? Did you fail on the class or on or did you fail an exam? <laughs> so did how did it happen? It was, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like you thought you got it and you take the quiz, you take the exam and, you know, I'm in a household. If I'm not getting an A, it's all bad. So <laughs> I didn't, I got less than an A and I was like, why did I get less than an A? This class must be easy. I'm like, did I not understand it? And when I look over what I got wrong, I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, I didn't catch that. And I'm like, why didn't I catch that? Like, I don't understand. And I, and I was like, let me try something else. So I always think about like, if I'm getting a B, that means there's room to improve. There's something that I did, that I didn't do, that I should do, um, which is why I look for ways to improve. Um, and then once I always see that if there was an improvement from the method, then I continue that method. Um, and that's how I know, like if you're seeing that it's working, then you need to continue it. Not every class is going to be able to work that method, but if If it if it does, then you should just go for it and um, continue it. Because I, like I said, if it's less than an A, <laughs> I need yep. to figure out what I'm doing yep. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Thank you for sharing this. And but now let's go to physical therapy. So, can you tell us what is physical therapy or PT? Oh man, it's so complicated. Physical therapy is, it's about rehabilitation, restoration of the human body. It's about wellness and fitness of an individual um, into the community. Um, it's about reducing fall risk and promoting the well-being of a person, um, if I want to put it. I like to put all those factors because physical therapy just is so flexible and it, it ranges from a variety of populations. So 
the main idea is restoration and rehabilitation, but the overall goal is the well-being of an individual um, is the goal through movement, through exercise. And that's how we get our treatments um, for those people. So what influenced you to be or to go to PT school? Um, well, that was when one of my mother when I, in high school, when I was deciding to go to college, you were like, oh, what am I going to study? What am I going to do? So I knew I wanted to do something in the healthcare field um, because I just, I like helping people and I want to help the, the idea that I'm, I'm healing, I'm helping in the process of healing. Um, I was thinking doctor would be too hard, even though I am a doctor in physical therapy, but a, a medical doctor, I was like, I'm not committed to those years of schooling and I don't think I'm that smart. And but realizing that PT school, you have to be really, really smart too. <laughs> um, but uh, my mother had given me a list of, of fields to look at in health field. And when I looked at physical therapy of like, you know, one-on-one care, um, of exercise and moving and manual therapy and, and all these different things you could do. I was like, this seems really interesting. And it's not, you're not just stuck in one spot. Like you can go to any, you can go in different ways. I was like, okay, I kind of like this. And I, and I like the idea that I don't have to stay in one setting. I can go and explore other settings. So that's when I was like, okay, that was in high school. I'm going to do physical therapy. And then I went on Google and I was like, how do I become a physical therapist? Is it just a school? At the time when I was applying to PT school, it was only a master's. Um, so I was like, okay, that's six years of schooling. Um, it, the undergraduate could be anything ranging from exercise science, kinesiology, from health science, and then you go to graduate master's. So that was my plan. Um, I decided to do kinesiology, which is the study of human movement. Um, and that's when I went to the University of Maryland. And then when I got to the University of Maryland, the, uh, the, the, the physical therapy board took away all masters and it became a doctor. But I was already on this path and I was like, oh my goodness. I was nervous at the fact that it changed to a doctor because I was thinking like, it's going to be even harder to get into or the fact that it's extra schooling. Um, so I was, but I didn't focus too much on it, but it did make me nervous. Um, but I just wanted to do, I wanted to do physical therapy because of the flexibility. Okay. So now you graduate and then, so did, uh, and I think you mentioned you did a lot of volunteer work, right? And mm-hmm, so in undergrad. what happened on your first job? What was your level, your confident level? confidence level for what after I became a PT or before I became a PT I, take us there so is it did you work in the field be, before you went to PT school or after you graduate you got your first job as a physical therapist so what ends up happening to become to get into PT school you have to work in the field and I say work it's just hours I personally did not want to work in the PT because I didn't think that I would learn as much. Um, as a worker, because you can become a physical therapy tech um, and work under a PT, getting a salary. Um, I personally felt like I didn't want to do that. 
um, because I wanted there, I wanted to learn. So I, I always did volunteer. So I always offered services for free. So I was able to shadow more and ask more questions versus if I was working, I'd have to also be working. <laughs> so I couldn't be asking as many questions. So personally, I didn't, I chose not to work under and get my hours. But many people, many, 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 many people work as a physical therapy tech and then they use those hours to apply to PT school. Um, and when you're in PT school, you also do clinical works. And that's really nerve wracking because, you know, they introduce you as a student physical therapist. You're already nervous that the patient is nervous that they may not get good care, you know. And so that was really interesting. But um, and like, you know, there there are some bad encounters. I know my class, I personally didn't experience it. My classmates day where they're like, I don't want to be treated by a student. No, I don't. You know, so they just make a big deal, which I understand. You know, you, you know, physical therapy is pricey. You want the best care. You want to make sure they have the credentials. Um, after PT school, um, my first job, I I knew after my clinicals that I wanted to work with geriatric population. So after PT school, I applied to a nursing home, and um, it was it was very very stressful, <laughs> if I would want to say that, because although you're coming out fresh out of school and you're like you know you have your degree, you're a doctor. Um, the, the, the weight that it holds, you don't know until you're in there. You're not, you don't know until you're in the job, until you are now the mini boss. You are now the supervisor of people. Um, so when I went to my first job, I had about four physical therapy assistants under me. And wow. um, it was a lot because you're a new grad, but that doesn't matter. Like it matters because they'll pay you less, <laughs> but the work doesn't change. So like yeah. you still need to be on top of it and you still need to be able to direct your therapist assistants to say, you know, this needs to happen with this person or you're doing a great job, continue. Like you need to be asserting your authority. And for me, I was like, oh my goodness, this is, it's a lie. Like, <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> Cause you're just trying to be I was just like, I just want to be a good therapist. I don't want you to be I don't want to be worried about you. you but yeah. you need to be worried about them because they're they're under your license. So therapy assistants are under PT license. They only can treat unless I've, you know, delegated wow. the goals and I've delegated, you know, what they're doing. So it's like you need to be on top of it. So it's like you either, you know, you know, pull yourself together or you suffer and drown. <laughs> wow. um, but after like maybe like three months of just like, oh, what's going on? I did pull myself together and became strong. But um, it's fun, though, because at the end of the day, you should want to be a physical therapist if you want to be a physical therapist, because you cannot avoid patient contact. You cannot avoid, you know, they can see it. People can feel how, if you want to be here, they, people can feel it just through nonverbals, just through how you, you act. Like you have to really want we, the, we love the career. Yeah, like yeah you love. have to really love it. Yeah. yeah that's, that's why we, we like to talk about it in, in this platform where DP Podcast is about how to embrace your calling. So 
for you, that was your choice and you embrace it. So now, what happens in the therapy session? Can you take us there? What happened? Like, so, yeah. I mean, yeah. so I, I work in geriatrics, so I'm going to give you my intake because it's in the nursing home. So when you're in a nursing home, what ends up happening is that you're coming from an injury. You either came from the hospital, from your falling at home, you either had a, a hip replacement, you either had dehydration, anything that sent you to the hospital, you're now in a nursing home. And the reason why you're in a nursing home is because they feel like after the hospital, it's not safe for you to go back home. So you need to be in an area, the nursing home, get some strength to be strong enough to go home. So that's yep. what my goal is. To, and I will be the one to clear you. So in a session, my first, I would do the intake. My first thing would be the evaluation, asking about what, where they live, how many steps they have, who do you live with? You know, have you had therapy? You know, you know, how are you feeling? Those are the intakes. And then we ask, you know, what are your goals? Do you have any goals? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I have goals for you. So we make the goals <laughs> or I make the goals. And then um, once we have that going, that's the evaluation. The next visit would be the session. So we work on working on the strengthening of the legs. You do exercises in seated, you do exercises in standing. Um, you work on transfers, so being able to stand, being able to pivot um, independently and safely. Then you work on walking, walking short distance, walking long distance, uh, making sure you're avoiding obstacles, making sure your safety is there. Because if you have poor safety awareness, you're gonna fall again, you're gonna come back to the hospital and they're gonna be like, why was this person sent home if they weren't ready? Um, but sessions are typically, well, before when I first started, sessions were like 55 to 75 minutes, which is a really, really long. Now they're about 40 or 45 minutes, which is more appropriate. But sometimes we might need a longer session because you might have to monitor their vitals, blood pressure. You might have to, you know, take longer rest breaks. But your your whole treatment session is assessing, strengthening, and trying to make sure you stay focused on the goal of getting them home. So I'm sure you you probably have this question when they say, "Why do I have to do these exercises? Um, they are <laughs> making me sore." Always. So what do you tell them? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny because sometimes it's like uh, many patients, they don't know why we're doing, like why they would do a certain exercise. Like one of the exercises you're kicking, you're like up and down. And you're like, why am I doing this? Like, I, you know, I, this is this is what children do. But really, this is what your muscle needs. There's only so many ways to strengthen the muscle. And when, when anytime people are like, you know, why am I doing this? I was like, you're doing this so that you can go home. And I keep telling them, and like once, I know sometimes people don't, don't like to do what I ask them. Like, especially if I'm like, I'm checking their balance and I want them to catch a ball. That seems like a childish play. You know, catch this ball. And they're like, I don't even catch the ball, I'm not a kid. I was like, do this once, you do it perfectly and you will never do it again. And they don't do it perfectly, so they do it again. So it's just about them understanding like, you know, I, do, I want you out of here as much as you want yourself out of here but I won't let you out of here until you demonstrate that you're safe. And so if I continue to educate them on, you know, I want you out here too. I want you to, I want you to go home. Don't you want to go home? Then do these exercises. Don't you want to, you know, not, you know, have people all on your back, then walk, walk down this hall and let me see you do, do it great. So I don't have to worry about you. So I like to let them know. I, 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 number one thing I always do is educate them 
the family member and the patient on why I do what I do and to let them know like I know they hate being here and they're not home but if they were home they would come right back here because they're still not strong enough or they're still not safe enough so the education matter is so so important and stressed in my kind of uh, intervention treatment plan so now so you mentioned sometime you ask them what what's their goal and they they don't have it and you say you have one why do you have to have a goal when you when you because that's the whole point of therapy oh, okay can you explain on that so therapy so therapy is the reason why you have a skilled therapist and not a personal trainer um, is because you have a goal to go home now what's stopping you from going home you're not strong enough to stand you can't stand for five minutes then my goal is for you to stand for five minutes um, you're not able to you know walk to your room well my goal is for you to walk 500 feet so people don't just have those like goals written down they just think oh i want to go home that's my goal or like you know i just want to be able to leave here what's stopping you we just go into those details of what in the body is impaired so that i can focus on because if there's nothing i can focus on then you don't need therapy You need a personal trainer if you just want to get fit and ripped. <laughs> But it's it's just about that's why therapy is. You need a goal, a goal for, for me to fill your insurance. And I, I and thank you for sharing all this. And I, I like what I'm hearing. So, but I think you had a chance to. You have options to choose between the flexibility that. A PT, uh, a PT have in in terms of where they can work. So why a nursing home? Um, I mean, I just like my old people. I love geriatrics. I love, you know, the stories, the stories that they can share. I just, they're just filled with wisdom, and um, it, they're very heartwarming. I find, and, and for me, the other reason I know I always say this to my friend is that. I'm always more sympathetic to people that have gone through life a little longer. And I find them, I, I treat them as if, you know, I was raised in a church, so I'm filled with older individuals. I've, I've been able to create bonds in a faster manner. So I find that building a repertoire with the geriatric population, population is easier for me. Um, And that's why I go towards the nursing home because that's where they are. You know, older people end up going to the nursing home more often than younger people because, you know, it takes longer to get the strength back. It takes longer to, you know, get back to being safe at home. Versus a young person, say that, you know, they do have a hip replacement and, or, you know, that's really rare. But if they do have a hip replacement and the doctor tells them, hey, make sure you don't cross your legs, you know, make sure you do this, make sure you, you walk every day. They're probably going to do that. You tell an 80-year-old, hey, make sure you don't cross your legs. Make sure you walk every day. We don't really know if they're going to do that. So that's why that more geriatrics go to the nursing home. And that's why I chose the nursing home because I'm going to find that population more often um, than, it, than at an at a outpatient clinic where, where, they, where that young person would go, you know, three times a week to strengthen and whatnot, and they would be more compliant. Where a resident who really didn't want to do therapy today, and again, it's about education. Why am I doing therapy? Why am I here in their face, forcing them to walk, forcing them to strengthen? 
And I think the education matter is really important. So I think today, like somebody, um, she is extremely off balance and she doesn't use any devices. She doesn't use a cane, she doesn't use a rollator. And originally I had given her a cane last week and you know, I'm just not, it's not working. It's not, it's not providing enough support. So I gave her a rollator, which is a walk, like a fancier yep. walker. And um, and she was just, you know, I don't understand why I have to use this. I don't understand how to use this. And I just kept telling her, you know, your balance is just not here. And right now my goal is to make your safety in the house optimal. And this is going to do that. And I was like, it, this is not something forever, but it is something at this time. And then once she understood where I was coming from, she became more compliant. Then we worked on balance um, activities. And I think knowing that we're working on trying to improve a current status um, helps them be more, more motivated. So when she started off being kind of resistant to therapy, she became more agreeable during the session. So that session turned out to be very, you know, it was really well done, I think. Um, and she enjoyed it. She would always say, thank you. And she would apologize. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time, you know, adjusting. And it's it's about the fact that, you know, before they were not having to need that much help, they didn't feel like they need, they could do it. And now somebody's telling them like, no, you can't do it. It's 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 tough hearing that. It's not easy to be, you know, told that you, you can't do this or you're not safe walking by yourself. Like for someone to tell you that it's it's not it's not easy to hear. Yep. But it's my job as a you know as a health provider to tell you my recommendations and why I'm saying that you're not safe. So that's so, definitely nah, thank you. So that's that's some good insight. Um so now we, we have hot topic. Hot topic so where we're gonna ask questions so people don't usually have a chance to to ask those questions. So I'm we I'm Haitian, but and you know that Haitian they don't go to they don't like nursing home, they don't like PT, they rather stay home than to stay at a nursing home. So so what can you tell people why is it important to 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 have a PT? especially when you get older. Okay. So there's two, I'm going to break that question in two because I'm, I completely understand them when they say you don't want to get to the nursing home because although the therapy is great, you do want to leave that nursing home as quickly as possible. <laughs> the okay. nursing home is, you know, it, it, it can be, it can, it's, it's not a welcoming environment. They don't want you to be there. You know, it's not, you don't get your, you don't get immediate service sometimes, you know, they're sometimes understaffed. So I can understand the frustration you want. You don't want to go to the nursing home, but that should even be like your, your driving force to, to going home, to doing your therapy, to doing what needs to be done to go home. So if the doctor says you want to go, if you need to be going to the nursing home after your hospital stay, go and know that you must leave early. So you need to be compliant. Don't focus your energy on, I don't need therapy, I wanna be home. Focus your energy on what do I need to do to get home? You know, that's the, where your energy needs to be. Um, that's that's on the topic of whether you're, go, when you're in the, her nursing home and doing your therapy. Do your therapy, go home, that is, that is that. 
for those who maybe are at home and they need physical therapy, you may not need to go to the nursing home. There's, there's, there's physical therapy called home health. So physical therapists come to your house um, and they do physical therapy there. Okay. And that um, is something to really consider because many times you notice you're getting weak. You're noticing that you're falling and you're thinking, you know, I just chipped or, you know, I, I don't know why. That is something to be of concern. You know, if you're having pain as well, pain in your back, oh, that's old age. Pain is not part of getting older. It's not. There's a reason for that pain. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Wow. It's, pain is not part of the normal aging process. Weakness, getting weak, is part of the aging process, normal aging process. Being more unsteady, a little unsteady, that is part of the normal aging process. Visual, normal aging process. But just having pain, like my arms hurting all of a sudden, or my back, oh, ow, ow, that's, I'm just old. No, there's a reason. So you want to make sure you pay attention to that. You want to make sure that, you know, am I having pain, you know, because of something else? Go see a doctor. Do I need therapy? You know, do I have arthritis? Do I have, you know, a scoliosis? Do I have neuropathy? Am I diabetic? There are conditions that behind everything. And sometimes like it takes a, a couple of symptoms before somebody makes it, pays any attention to it. And by then it's just like, it's so much to recover. So really pay attention to your body. You know, and be aware of what's normal and what's not normal uh, for a normal aging process. <laughs> well said, well said. So now, second question now is, you know, Haitian, they have medicinal or traditional medicine. And they mm-hmm. call it as a, a medicine fair. So if somebody hurt their feet or they something anything so they you avoid they send it to uh like a traditional medicine so what's the can you compare therapy versus traditional medicine this is hard because i think i think you should do both i think there are benefits in traditional medicine i think there are benefits i've been benefited from them myself um but you want to add to the strength you want to really condition the body because you might you know that's why the reason i'm saying both because internally you know the tea might help with you know antioxidants who knows i think it's okay but i think it's dangerous to be like this is the only thing i'll do i'm not gonna strengthen my legs i'm not gonna do exercise 30 minutes a day I think it's a little, it's it's risky and a little naive to be like, this is the only way to treat my body. There is a whole system of how to treat your body. Just like physical therapy is only one aspect of healing somebody, the tea or the, 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 the benefits of it is just only one aspect. So you need to be thinking in a holistic manner on how to treat my inner body. If you're gonna do your teeth, go do your teeth, but do your exercise. You know, you need to actually strengthen the muscle. You need to actually walk. So, yeah. So I remember in Haiti, um, so we, I, I used to play soccer and then something happened. I 
I, I kind of tweaked my ankle and then the I didn't go to to hospital. My mom called somebody and she had oil and then massaged my feet, my ankle. The next day I was okay. So is it that's I know that's the way it be, it's been done in Haiti, but as a PT, what would you recommend? I mean, again, I would I would say that um, you can do that, but you still want to do your exercises. I don't think the thing is when you treat when when you sprain your ankle, you want to rest and elevate. You want to ice. Um, massaging, you don't really want to massage something after you just hurt it. Um, it's it's just too tender and it's too inflamed. You're moving the inflammation. You kind of want to wait it off. Um, but if it helps, it might have helped for other reasons, and it just might be because you were young and it heals. But it's not something I would that to be your standard of practice. It's you really want to do the physiology behind the why something hurts if something is inflamed, elevate it and ice it. Um, that's where you want to go is your go-to. If something is, you know, weak, strengthen it and move it. You know, that's where you still want to be doing the practical things, the the, the physio- physiological. But I will never say, like, don't, don't do what the traditional is unless it's like an absolutely detrimental. Like, if you were to put, you know, like, let's put needles in the sprained ankle. And I don't think that's what traditional medicine does. Like, they really do try to be, you know, they have a reasoning for why they're doing it. As a therapist, I personally wouldn't have massaged your leg because it's too acute. Um, so it's great that it helped, but you might, you might, you might get another sprain again for that, that leg or that ankle might always still be weak because you never conditioned it. You never strengthened it. Wow. Wow. Those are good information. So now let's go into uh, the culture. So favorite Haitian food, your favorite Haitian food. My favorite Haitian food is Zuli Zhang Zhang. Is that how you say it? Black mushroom rice with fried plantains oh, and pickles and legume. How do you say and legume? Uh, I just say legume. It's just eggplant. <laughs> I don't know. Legume okay, it's legume. Okay, guys. I call it the Haitian. I'm Haitian, so legume, dewy, so surprise. So favorite food, um, fruit. So I don't know if you like mango. Favorite fruit, watermelon, mango. mango. Oh my gosh! You didn't tell me that you're gonna make me hungry. I want mango <laughs> and watermelon. And I, is it just one? You're just telling me a bunch nah, of fruit. Tell me what you like. I like fruit. <laughs> I like mango yeah. and pineapple and watermelon. Wow. Wow. No, no, those are the great, great few. Um, so do you, so now the question I, I always like, uh, ask, so, okay. Yeah. You, you, you were, you were born in Haiti and you grew up here. So how do you identify yourself? Is it Haitian, black American? Um, Oh, I don't. I put I put a Haitian American, you know, because I was raised here and I did have to get naturalized. 
as a citizen for the uh, United States, but every time I speak, or you know, I don't have an accent, and I have an accent if I was to speak to y'all or our friends. Yep, yep. But <laughs> um, I'm still Haitian. It is what it is. But you know, I, I am American as well, so I identify as both. What's what's the salary for PT? Oh man, it depends on the setting. The average salary is about seventy five thousand um, okay. to eighty thousand, um, okay. but it really does depend on the setting that you do. So is it easier? So what's your goal? Like what's your five year goal? If you want to share that. Five. Well, I'm already in four years, so we're adding on to five years of what I've already done. Uh, well, my, my my final goal would be to do the the humanitarian work. Okay. So final word for you. Um. Well, thank you for having me. I would just recommend everyone that is considering to do physical therapy is do the research, volunteer, really make sure you like what you're about to get yourself into, and. Um, just you know work really hard to get good grades find good mentors find a place that you can learn and also that you can really take into physical therapy so you can really really enjoy it because it's a very 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 fulfilling and rewarding field to be in thank you for being with us doctor we appreciate you and hopefully we can have you soon for another episode no problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Yes, yeah, so that was Samina Estev on she's a PT. She work uh, as a um at a nursing home. She loves what she do and and she she explained that the the reason she went into um to be a, a physical therapist is because she wanted to to help people, to help our community and this is our um, eighth episode thank you for staying with us this is um, Eddie Dacius at the Divine Purpose Podcast Um, stay tuned for another episode see you guys soon thank you